kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Good morning. It's Tuesday. Hope you have those winter coats handy. Yeah, and in several cities, they're already breaking out the snow shovels. It is October 18th, and this is today. Deep freeze. Nearly 100 million people waking up to brutally cold temperatures from Colorado to New England all the way down to Florida. Some places in between coping with the earliest snowfall in years. It's going to be a long winter. We are alive where the flakes are falling, and now we'll have your full forecast. Breaking overnight, cities across Ukraine facing a new barrage of Russian airstrikes, this time cutting power and water supplies to tens of thousands of civilians. The very latest in a live report from the front lines. Growing concern, an Iranian athlete in the international spotlight after competing in a high-profile event without her hijab. So was it a show of support for women protesting on the streets back home? Her new message overnight and what she's facing as she returns to Tehran. Three weeks to go with the midterms fast approaching. Candidates from coast to coast clashing in closely watched debates overnight. Just ahead, we will break down the key races, where they stand, and the biggest issues on the minds of voters. All that plus burgers, tacos, fries. Oh, my. Those sky-high prices now hitting a staple for millions of Americans. Fast food. What you need to know and how to save on your next meal. Today, Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you. It's a Tuesday morning. We're so happy that you're with us. Oh, yeah. And Burr, that cold snap affecting much of the country. We started talking about it yesterday. Well, today it's here. More specifically, it is here. The snow really <laughs> whipping up this morning in northern Michigan near the shores of Lake Superior. And while it may not be snowing where you live, the chances are it is getting cold. Yeah, nearly 100 million Americans under frost and freeze warnings this morning with that winter-like weather extending from Colorado all the way up and down the East Coast. And that early cold is a cause for concern for many Americans are already bracing for higher heating costs. Al is standing by. He's got his forecast. But first, NBC's Maggie Vespa joins us now from a snowy uh, Michigan. Maggie, we can't believe what we're seeing there. I know, guys. Good morning. This is crazy, right? You wouldn't know it based on this snow globe of a live shot, but we are less than a month into fall right now. And obviously, this looks like a winter wake up. And to be clear, we're in Nagani, Michigan, like Upper Peninsula, Michigan. So a dusting of snow this time of year is not unusual. But look at our handy dandy tape measure here in Nagani. We're at roughly eight inches and counting. And again, this chill is not just affecting the Midwest. This cold snap is stretching all the way to Florida. Overnight, fall quickly turning to winter in the Midwest. Is any part of this painful given that we're like mid-October? Um, it's going to be a long winter. An early season storm dumping more than a foot of snow in northern Wisconsin and Michigan. 
and making for a treacherous drive in Indiana. The weight of the heavy snow knocking out power to tens of thousands Monday and causing trouble for plows. We have hard times for our plows to get through because the trees are hanging over the roads. Autumn leaves blanketed in white as Chicago saw its first flurries of the season. The October chill bringing the first freeze of the season to 89 million people this week. Today, Kansas City, Omaha, and dozens of other cities waking up to record-breaking cold as low as the teens. Americans forced to crank the heat just as heating bills are expected to hit a 10-year high. The frigid blast arriving nearly a month ahead of schedule and also surging south, sending temperatures tumbling from Tennessee to the Florida panhandle this week. Alabama and Mississippi set to feel even colder than Boston Wednesday, while in South Carolina, farmers are scrambling to harvest before the frost. It isn't fun to lose crops. We'll harvest what we can and we'll continue to harvest tomorrow. A change of season and a taste of winter (laughs) come early. What if it looks like this when you're trick-or-treating? (laughs) Yeah, guys, the stakes are high. All right, so back out here live again, we have this handy-dandy thermometer now, and you can see it's right around freezing, so just cold enough for the snow to keep piling up. And for reference, by the way, the first day of winter isn't until December 21st. And for those of you down south, it sounds like you'll be waking up to your coldest morning tomorrow morning, your coldest temperatures tomorrow morning. The good news is it sounds like you won't need those jackets for long. Hoda, I'll send it back to you. All right, Maggie Vest before us. Maggie, thank you. She's got all the gadgets <laughs> know, and tricks. And Al's got even more. I know. She doesn't have a big wall like yeah, this. come on. But we can show you all that snow that's going to be coming in, and it's going to be hanging around a bit. We're going to talk about that later. But let's get to that cold, as you can see, stretching from the Rockies all the way to the northeast down to Mobile, Alabama. Almost 90 million people impacted by frost advisories, freeze watches, and warnings. Right now, it's 22 in Des Moines, 39 in Cincinnati, Fort. Smith, Arkansas, 40 degrees, Pittsburgh, 38. The jet stream dips down to the southeastern half of the country. Out west, they've got some record warmth in the Pacific Northwest. But for this afternoon, only 46 in Detroit. That's 14 degrees below average. Memphis, 53, 20 degrees cooler than average. Knoxville, 50, that's 10 degrees cooler. And then tomorrow morning, we look for possible records in Raleigh, Savannah, Knoxville, Tupelo, Little Rock, Tulsa, on into Austin and Baton Rouge. However, we will see temperatures start to temper just a bit as we move toward the end of the week by uh, Friday. It's 60 in New York City, 68 in Cincinnati on Friday. Memphis will be 77. And by next week, we're going to flip the script out west colder than average. And here in the east, it's going to be warmer than average. So just hang in there. Good news is coming, guys. Yeah. Cool. All right, Al, thank you. Breaking overnight, a new wave of attacks across Ukraine. Explosions have been felt across the capital of Kiev and other cities, even as the death toll rises from yesterday's barrage of Russian strikes. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel has the very latest. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Russia is now attacking Ukrainian cities daily and with impunity. This was the main flower market here in the city of Mykolaiv. It was hit by a Russian missile overnight. And just down the street, Russia attacked an apartment building, killing at least one person, according to Ukrainian officials. And Ukrainians say by attacking sites like these that have no military value, Russia is trying to break the Ukrainian spirit. Russia is flattening Ukraine one market at a time. Death by a thousand cuts. 
for Irina Shevchenko, whose flower shop was destroyed overnight in Mykolaiv. What Russia is doing is nothing less than state terror. We clean up and continue living. What else can we do? And we will win, she says. Over the last two weeks, Russia has intensified attacks on Ukrainian cities, claiming to be destroying the country's infrastructure and its ability to wage war. But Russia is firing directly on civilians, attacking an apartment building overnight in Mykolaiv, too. Officials say Russia launched a guided missile, killing one person. The strikes came hours after an airplane mysteriously crashed in Russia. State media reporting that a pilot on a training mission took off from an occupied part of Ukraine and ejected. The aircraft smashing into a building and killing at least a dozen Russians. Ukrainians wonder if it was an accident or sabotage from within. President Putin personally dispatched investigators to the scene. Discontent is growing in Russia after the Kremlin imposed a draft, rounding up conscripts across the country. And with precision weapons in short supply, Moscow is increasingly relying on Iranian-made dive bomber drones, launching them in swarms at Ukrainian cities, including Kyiv, with deadly effect. Overnight in his daily address, President Zelensky called for more air defenses. Secretary of State Blinken condemned Iran for supplying Russia with weapons. The United States gives Ukraine billions of dollars in military support, but not long-range weapons, trying to find a perhaps impossible balance of supporting Ukraine without antagonizing Moscow excessively. In a sign, both sides seem to recognize this will be a long war. Russia and Ukraine exchange prisoners, 108 Ukrainian women for captured Russian soldiers in a one-to-one -one swap. Over the last several days, we've been talking a lot about how Russia is using those Iranian-made drones. The drones are highly effective. They have a long range, but they don't carry very much explosive power, certainly not enough to cause damage like this or to dig a crater in the ground, anything like this. You see, it, can, it even exposed this city's earlier foundation. And President Zelensky today commenting on this attack says it is more evidence why his country needs better air defenses and he wants Russia to be held accountable. Hoda. All right, Richard Engel for us there in Ukraine. Richard, thank you. There is international concern this morning for the safety of an Iranian athlete after she represented her country in a recent climbing competition without wearing the customary hijab. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald has that story for us this morning. Megan, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. Elnaz Rakabi competed on Sunday with what appeared to be a headband, her hair uncovered, which is a violation of Iran's strict dress code. Now, this morning, an apology on her Instagram page, but there's still growing concern for her safety. This morning, concerns for a young female Iranian athlete after she competed without wearing a hijab. Elnaz Rakabi, a prominent rock climber, took part in a competition in South Korea this weekend, notably climbing with her head uncovered. In the past, Rakabi has worn the traditional headscarf while climbing. The hijab has been a focus of recent extraordinary protests in Iran, sparked by the death of 22-year-old Masa Amini, who was detained by the morality police for breaching the dress code. She died three days later. Women across Iran have protested by cutting their hair and appearing in public with their heads uncovered. After the appearance in South Korea, Rakabi is headed home. The Iranian embassy in Seoul tweeting, she departed yesterday. 
Human rights groups have been concerned about pressure she may face from authorities. I think they will put her under tremendous pressure. There is fear of torture, ill-treatment, psychological pressure. They want to set an example, both for other athletes in the same situation and also for the Iranian girls, so that they don't get a role model in El Nas. Rukabi this morning posting on Instagram that her hijab had issues before she was called to climb. While the statement was posted on her account, the circumstances under which it was posted remain unclear. Now, back in Iran, the regime has been under pressure as protests led by young women continue, many watching Rukabi's return to the country with concern. Now, the International Federation of Sports Climbing says it's in contact with Rukabi. They also say they're in contact with the Iranian Climbing Federation. They released a statement that I want to read to you. They say athlete safety is paramount for us. The IFSC fully supports the right of athletes, their choices and expression of free speech. But Savannah, of course, this is a story that we're going to be watching closely. All right, Megan Fitzgerald, thank you very much. And we turn now to the midterms with just three weeks to go. Early in-person voting is now underway across a number of stakes and at stake control of the Senate and the House. And on the minds of voters, major issues like the economy, crime, abortion rights. NBC national political correspondent Steve Kornacki is here with some of the things we're watching three weeks out. And let's start right there with the issues that voters say matter to them and what that's telling us about what might happen here in these elections. Yeah, interesting, Savannah. We've talked so much all year about the economy and inflation being important issues. How about this? This is a New York Times poll, brand new here, asking voters, what's the top issue on your mind this election? I haven't seen it this dramatic in a poll. Add the economy and inflation together. That is 44 percent. We're getting close to half of all respondents in this poll saying that's their top issue. Nothing else even cracks 10 percent right now. And we've talked about the Republicans when it comes to the economy and inflation having a pretty clear advantage in the polls. And that brings us to the next question on the poll. They call it the generic ballot. You know, they just ask, would you like a Republican or a Democrat to control Congress? And there's been some movement here. Yeah. And typically this has been a pretty good indicator of where things end up in midterm elections. So this is the average of the generic ballot right now. And you can see the Republicans with a lead here. That is a two point two point lead for Republicans. Now, it's close, generally speaking, but we were here a week ago taking you through the generic ballot. And a week ago, this number was inside of one point. You had that inflation news over the last week, certainly didn't help the Democrats. And it does seem that as the economy moves to center stage, Republicans are improving their chances here. And a few weeks ago, it was the Democrats who had the advantage there. So you see the momentum in these final weeks. Let's talk about the issue of crime. Not high on the list of voters' concerns, and yet it seems to be making an impact in certain races. It's fascinating because we showed you the top issue voters have. Crime doesn't rate high there. Doesn't mean it's not on their mind. So let's show you a place where I think it is having an impact. This is Wisconsin, one of the key Senate races. Ron Johnson, two-term Republican incumbent. He leads in the polling average over his Democratic challenger. Now, Johnson has been leaning heavily on crime. Interesting poll that came out of Wisconsin this week. They asked things a little bit differently. They basically asked, are these issues important to you? That's what's being asked here. Inflation tops the list, but look at crime. Hmm. It's close to 90%. And I think also striking, abortion is under 80%. Republicans running heavily on crime, Democrats running heavily on abortion. And it looks like in this Wisconsin race, crime may have more resonance than abortion does. Making a big difference in Pennsylvania's Senate race as well, it appears. But let's talk about Georgia, because it may just be Georgia, 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 to quote our friend Tim Russert. That might be the the 
decision maker in terms of who controls Congress. Yeah, I mean, again, we saw this two years ago. Georgia is a runoff state. If nobody gets 50 percent, and here's that Senate race, Raphael Warnock, Herschel Walker, Warnock leading, but nobody at 50. If nobody cracks 50, it's a, de- a December 6th runoff could have control of the Senate on the line. They did have a debate last Friday. We're waiting to get a readout from some polls. Haven't really seen it yet, if that changed anything there. Real quickly, the governor's race is interesting because it doesn't look like people are at least telling pollsters they're going to vote straight down party lines. We thought this type of voter was extinct, the split ticket voter. But look (laughs) in Georgia, Brian Kemp, the Republican governor, pretty comfortably ahead, outperforming the other Republican, Herschel Walker. What pollsters say they're seeing here is there's a suburban voter outside Atlanta who doesn't like Biden, doesn't like the Democrats, but also doesn't like Donald Trump. And, you know, Brian Kemp went to political war with Donald Trump and he survived in that voter's eyes. Kemp's okay. Walker's got some convincing to do. We're going to be spending a lot of time together, Steve Kornacki, as we get close to Election Day. Thank you so much. Right. Should we get a check of the weather from yes. Mr. Chili, Al Roker? <laughs> What's there up? Go. Hey, well, we're finally going to have some sunshine today in the Northeast. They're going to get that Yankees-Cleveland uh, Guardians game in around 4 o'clock. Weather shouldn't be a problem. Record lows, as we mentioned, in through the plains all the way down in Texas. Plenty of sunshine, though. And record highs into the Pacific Northwest today with even more sunshine. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Still ahead, the search for the winners of a lottery jackpot worth a half a billion dollars and carry one of those tickets sold in a city that was so hard hit by Hurricane Ian. You know, Hoda, it was the worst of luck when Hurricane Ian went into Fort Myers, but now somebody in the region, in the zone, has the best of luck because they're holding one of two tickets for that close to $500 million jackpot. We'll have that coming up. I'll come in real handy. Plus, something we're sure a lot of folks are noticing, those rising prices now hitting fast food in a big way. But fear not, we'll show you how you can still snag a deal. There's Bet First This Morning. This is Today on NBC. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Tuesday morning, 7.30. Why are we showing you this beautiful picture? Because it's cold outside. <laughs> and why not just dream of warmer days? That's Jacksonville Beach, Florida looking pretty Aww. this morning. We have a long way nice. to go if we're I dreaming know. of warmer days. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. a moment of zen. Okay. Good morning, Chanel. Yeah. Good morning. Craig Good to this see you. Morning. Good morning. 
All right, let's get right to our 7.30 headlines. Dozens of people were left without a home yesterday after a fire ripped through a warehouse in Evansville, Indiana. You can see those massive flames, huge plumes of smoke pouring from that building. The fire was so big, it was even detected on weather radar in the area. About 75 people who live in a residential portion of that building were displaced. Thankfully, somehow nobody was hurt. An investigation into the cause of that fire is underway. New York City police are searching for three people caught on camera stealing over a half million dollars worth of high-end jewelry from a Manhattan store happened over the weekend. The thieves used a sledgehammer to break into the store and then smashed the jewelry display cases. They stuffed the goods into the bags and took off. Police are offering a $3,500 reward to anybody with information that leads to an arrest. Now to some frightening moments in Connecticut over the weekend. A 10-year-old boy was hospitalized after a black bear attacked him in his grandfather's yard. Neighbor Jonathan Digamus heard the boy's screams and ran next door. He found the boy's grandfather trying to fight off the nearly 250-pound animal. I picked up the pipe and I, I threw it at the bear as hard as I could. I struck him in the head. My neighbor and my neighbor's wife brought the little boy, their grandson, inside. He was bleeding from his foot and he had claw marks all over his back. Oh, thankfully, the boy's injuries are not life-threatening. The bear was captured and euthanized. Authorities say it is rare for a black bear to attack a person. They are urging the public not to leave bird feeders out and not to take the trash out until pickup day. All right. Well, this morning, a lottery mystery mm-hmm. is unfolding after the latest Mega Millions jackpot worth a half billion dollars. Two <laughs> winning tickets were sold, one in San Jose, California, the other at a 7-Eleven in Fort Myers, mm. Florida. One of the areas left battered by Hurricane Ian last month. Yeah, NBC senior national correspondent Kerry Sanders. He's on the case. Kerry, mm. do we know who won it? Uh, We all want to know who won it. Look, two tickets worth close to a half billion dollars. And one of those tickets may be from a survivor in Hurricane Ian who possibly lost it all and now is sitting on a fortune. With so much chaos in the hurricane zone and life literally turned upside down for so many, some are wondering if the winner even knows they hit half of a $500 million Mega Millions jackpot and are rich beyond their wildest dreams. The winning numbers drawn on Friday night. One winning ticket sold in San Jose, California, the other right here in Fort Myers, where for weeks conversations have been about rebuilding and recovery. But now folks are talking about who has the golden ticket. I played last weekend, but not at this store, unfortunately. But with so much pain and suffering here, it's clear Everyone is rooting for a feel-good story. After Hurricane Ian and devastations, it's kind of nice to know that somebody was able to win that kind of money. Even lottery officials jumping on board saying this win feels slightly more meaningful. We're hopeful that the prize will have a positive impact. For those who didn't win, there is a different hope that a generous winner will spread the wealth for those desperately in need of help right now. I would donate to a local charity to help out the community because we were all affected in some way, so it would be a nice thing to do, a nice gesture. It's best to help out people who are stuck and going through really bad things. Kurt Panousis, a lawyer who has consulted with lottery winners, says giving is great, but winners need to proceed with caution. A lot of people that win say, I'm going to do all these charitable things. I like to get them to slow down a little bit, getting things under control, 
waiting six months before any major any major transaction. A big financial windfall for one of their own could provide a big boost and a lot of hope for so many here trying to get back on their feet. Hey, Gary, uh, a lot of states have different rules. Some states you can stay anonymous, some states you can't. What's the story in Florida? Florida is one of those states where you can keep your name secret just for a short period of time, but it eventually gets out. But there's also a clock ticking 60 days if you're going to claim the lump sum, which is a mind-blowing $123.95 million. Oh my gosh, that person deserves it. Right away, get them the check. All right, Carrie, thank you. Well, still had this morning, speaking of money, you asked and we're answering. (laughs) Stephanie Rule's going to be here with everything we need to know about handling 401ks in an economy that is all over the place. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the economy, Sam Brock, inflation is now hitting our favorite fast food staples, Sam. Look, you know what the reality right now is there is no safe space from inflation. We're used to paying more for gas, more for groceries. Yes, even fast food right now. But there are deals to be had, especially for major players like McDonald's. We're going to walk you through exactly where to find them right after this break. We're back with today's Consumer Confidential, and this one's going to be a tough one for a lot of families to swallow. Well, fast food restaurants are facing the rising costs of food, labor, and rent. So now, of course, customers are paying more for their Mm -hmm. favorite orders. Well, the good news, there are still value deals out there if you know where to look. NBC's Sam Brock joins us now with more. Sam, good morning. Yeah, Chanel, good morning, guys. Good morning. Throughout the pandemic, consumers have been accustomed to seeing great prices, alluring deals like Domino's, offering to tip you for picking up your own pizza. But now the weight of inflation has really reached all corners of the restaurant industry. There are still values to be had, but even fast food giants like McDonald's will acknowledge nobody is immune from inflation. For families looking to save, there used to be a flowing feast of options, from credit for grabbing your own pie to dollar-based deals, especially for app orders. But now, some of those deals are drying up, with fast food prices on the rise due to inflation and many customers taking notice. I remember paying $8 for a burrito bowl. Now I pay somewhere close to like almost 11 Have you noticed a change, Leo, when you go to fast food restaurants in terms of how much you're paying? Yes, of course. The prices have gone up ridiculous. How much varies not only by the company, but can even change based on individual franchises. What is clear is businesses have had to adjust the prices they charge, with food and fuel costs jumping at least 8 or 9% due to inflation. I think we're definitely seeing pushback among lower and middle income consumers as uh, price hikes have been across the board in the quick service restaurant space this year, uh, starting to see more and more customers trade out and trade down to convenience stores, dollar stores, and, and other channels. Chipotle has increased its prices four times since the summer of 2020. McDonald's announcing a roughly 8% hike in the first quarter of this year, noting inflation is affecting all sectors and no one is immune. Though there are still value deals like the one two, three dollars menu and Taco Bell gaining virality this week after a Fox business contributor said this in the context of inflation. Yesterday, yes, I had a nice lunch at Taco Bell. Cost me about $28. The contributor roundly criticized and the company even responding on twitter 14 times two dollar burritos equals 28 dollars. what's your 28 dollar order but clearly not all the burritos are that inexpensive just right now i was at taco bell and i asked for a burrito regular burrito too and it was uh 851 for the price for one burrito yes taco bell did not return our request for comment 
Meanwhile, some fast food reward programs that many consumers love are also tightening their belts. Dunkin' Donuts recently raised the cost of earning a free cup of coffee to $50, up from $40. While Chipotle did the same thing with its entrees, going from $140 spent to more than $160 to earn a free burrito. Whether it's dinner or a dose of caffeine, many relying on those benefits to save a few bucks. These rewards programs make a difference. Yeah, big difference. They say they save a lot of people a lot of money. Starbucks rewards are a thing because I'm now paying $9 for a coffee, so. Now we've struck a chord. Yes. Those, re- those rewards are certainly helpful, but Sam, what are some other ways to save? Yeah, Chanel, so apps, absolutely your best bet. The reality is that right now those points are maybe stretching as far as they used to, but you're still getting free food out of the deal. McDonald's has been sort of on the cutting edge when it comes to the apps. They have rotating deals. I'm scrolling through right now. You see you buy one breakfast sandwich, you get another one for a penny. There's also French fries for a dollar. Those are all good opportunities to take advantage of. Here's the other key, though, Chanel, when you're talking about McDonald's, Starbucks, Wendy's, their points don't go on forever. They're six months to a year, so use them or lose them. Just a pro tip from a French fry <laughs> lover. Exactly. exactly. All right, Sam, thank you. For, Sam. From a road warrior, yeah, Sam exactly. Brock, he knows. Exactly. Quick note, by the way, tomorrow on today, we're going to take a closer look at the impact of rising prices on your holiday shopping as the CEO of Walmart US, USA joins us for an exclusive live interview. All right, let's head over to Mr. Roker. We had a, got a cold snack yeah. we're in the middle of. I like hanging out with a hamburger. You know? Oh, just, hamburger. Just follow That's a few heists. Right there. You save money because he steals burgers. I like that. Okay, here's a question. Who's going to be colder tomorrow morning? morning dallas or boston who do you think dallas let's find out yeah dallas that's right 17 degrees below average all right this one for you oda who's gonna be colder tomorrow new orleans or new york city Uh new orleans battles of the new oh you're wrong so sorry new york city but yes 19 degrees below average for uh, new orleans all right let's finish it off atlanta cleveland cleveland atlanta all right, it is boom, Atlanta. What? That's right. Whoa. But let's hope Cleveland cools off today when they play the Yankees oh. at four o'clock this I afternoon. I hear you. All right, we we saw it earlier with Maggie Vespa. All the heavy snow through the UP of Michigan. There's this pesky low pressure system that's just kind of sitting over the Great Lakes, and the moisture's rotating it around it, and that's bringing rain and snow, especially a lot of lake effects snow from Wisconsin to Pennsylvania. It hangs out again tomorrow. Those cold winds continue over the Great Lakes, away from the shoreline. That's where we see the snow develop. And in fact, we're talking heavy rain over New England, uh, some places five inches or more. But then as you get over the Great Lakes, especially the UP of Michigan and northern uh, Michigan, we're talking about some places picking up to five to six inches of snow or more on top of what they've already gotten. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Just ahead, we are welcoming a legend back to Studio 1A. Oh, look who is back. Oh, my it gosh. is Carson oh, as we live and here. breathe. Everybody. That's so our daughter cool. in Missouri. So excited oh, to see him. I'm back, Gracie. <laughs> yeah. Looking good. Back Looking good. Back. Walking and talking after back surgery. How are you? Good to see you. Carsey, can't wait to catch up with you, but first, these messages. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the 
Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Boy, we've been waiting for this moment. The long-awaited return of Carson, tan, rested and ready with a new back. We still do pop star. Yes. It's still a thing. Jacob Soveroff, thank you. Everybody still doing for me. Thank you, Chanel. Great to see you. I love it. I'm great. Yeah. I had back surgery, like real hardcore spine fusion surgery, seven weeks ago today. Wow. Uh, it's been quite the recovery. I would have been here last week, but we shot The Voice in L.A., so I had to go back to work last mm-hmm. week. But, um, it worked. It's yeah, great. It's right. You look oh. rested. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had some time to sit around and, <laughs> and do that, but um, it, it feels great. I, there's a long road ahead. I was just about to ask therapy. you, so what's the prognosis? I mean, because before you were dealing with pain and people didn't realize yeah. it. Well, I, I hope I get a chance to do a story on it because what I realize now, it's like the iceberg effect. I mean, this is just a story about people who have back pain and then they, how do you fix it? There's a subtext underneath it all that's very complex that so many of us have to deal with. When you're in pain, you're looking to just feel good. Yeah. And that changes your relationship with food and drink and, yeah. and your life. And then when they fix the pain, you're left with these other complex oh, areas of your life that you need to deal with and realign relationships with. So I, when I say I'm getting better, I'm getting better in a multitude of ways, which wow. is great, which is really great. And one of the parts of your recovery is walking. So you've been doing yeah. this like long walk. Oh my God. In your fo- I'm the Forrest Gump of Long Island. Like, I, <laughs> it's crazy. I walk. I'm like, yeah, you would be so proud. Yeah. Yeah. You and I got to go, inspired. Go for a walk. I would love that. Let's mm. do that. Yeah. But and and so how far, how long before, since it's the Tiger Woods surgery, yeah. before you going to mm-hmm. be going for the green jacket? So he says I can ship and putt at 13 weeks. So I'm still another six weeks out from that. Okay. And then I'll probably get a condo in Alaska, in um, Augusta, Georgia first. <laughs> yeah. Alaska yeah. to start visiting. And then I'll start, you know, getting, win the Masters hopefully in right. maybe cool. four years. Cool. Carson, we have missed. We love you. We're happy you're back. back. Oh, it's great to be back. back. Thanks yes. for all the love and kindness. All right. And all right. Now to work. Pop star. All right. I'm just kidding. I have to do this again now. Yes. Pop star still on. We got a big one here loaded with news on a host of long-awaited sequels from the Marvel Universe to Twister and a whole lot more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twister? Wow. wow. Then, guys, a diabetes medication is exploding in popularity for an off-label use. Weight loss. We'll talk to Dr. Azar about the pros and cons and controversy, too. 